Hey, everybody, it's Gene Marks, and welcome back again to another episode of Biz Books, where I speak to some really smart authors of really great business books. And today, I've got another super smart author, uh, Emily Morgan, who wrote Let It Go, How to Finally, Finally Master Delegation and Scale Freedom Across Your Organization. Uh, the, the book can be purchased on Amazon. So info.delegatesolutions.com. That's... That'll get you to the main page where you can see the Let It Go book and or <laughs> uh, letitgodelegatebook.com and or amazon.com and just type in Let It Go. <laughs> you know, that'll, that'll definitely get you there and you'll see some money out of that. So um, so that's good. So Emily, thanks again for joining. First of all, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, like where, you know, why, why write this book and, you know, what, what, what's your background? Yes, so I'm in Philly, and I've I've been I've spent my career doing administrative related work and delegation related work. So when I first um, started my career about 25 years ago, I was working at University of Pennsylvania, and I was an executive assistant to some big deal people at the engineering school. Right. Um, and that's really where I first learned about this concept of delegation. Um, and then after I left there, I started my company and um, we provided executive support fractionally to entrepreneurial leaders. Um, so for a while there, I was acting as a virtual assistant to a bunch of different entrepreneurs. And then I got really entrepreneurial and really sort of took my business to the next level. So now I have about 50 employees. Mm. Everyone works from home all around the U.S. Mm. and we work with entrepreneurial leaders, US and Canada, helping them figure out what and how to delegate and then providing a support team to um, help them clear their plate. That's great. So are you performing, and first of all, what is the name of your company? Delegate Solutions. Delegate Solutions. And is are you, know, are you performing the actual tasks that you're delegating or is it just a consulting firm? Like how does, how would you rate, like say I've got 10 employees, um, we're based in Ballard Kinwood, by the way. So, oh, cool. yeah. So, you know, if, if we were to hire you guys, like what kind of stuff would you do for, for my business as a small business? Yeah. So the, the output of what we do is task driven. So everyone that we work with, it looks different, but mm. what makes us different is we take a really consultative approach to delegation because so many people don't delegate because they don't know what to, to let go of. They don't know how to do it. And so we bring a system and a process to systematically pull those things off your plate. So the number one thing that we usually take over is like scheduling and then inbox personal tasks, and then anything from like research to building process, to managing projects, to signing your kids up for soccer. <laughs> right. Makes All sense. the things that take up our time. Yeah, that makes sense. So I guess this book itself is really after the years that you've been doing this, you're you're putting it all down on paper, basically, right? Like this is sort of the manual to follow. That's what I took away from this. Does that make sense? That was my intention. It was like, let's just get it all in one place and mm -hmm. get it into a format that people can digest and then implement. Good. All right. That's great. Um, okay. So who's Tom? <laughs> so, why was he so involved in this book <laughs> so tom was a compilation of lots of different entrepreneurs that we've supported and i really wanted to include like a fable type 
illustration in the story to make mm. it in the book to make it more relatable so you can see you know where someone started why they struggled with delegation things that had absolutely nothing to do with delegation and then how they were able to transform their time and their team using these strategies makes sense yeah it was a good example you know tom appears throughout the book um to sort of um reinforce some of the concepts that you're going through and emily who's Who's the audience for this book? I mean, you work with entrepreneurs and business owners, obviously. Is that your audience or do you, uh, is it more expanded than that? Yeah, our focus is on entrepreneurs, but to me, these concepts of delegation transcend any demographic. I mean, you can be a stay-at-home mom and apply these same principles, you know, as a chef in a kitchen or an entrepreneur running a company. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, delegation is something that impacts all of us and some people are much better at it than others. So, um, all right, let's dig into this. You, you, you've broken out um, the book by, you know, you talk about mindset, you talk about techniques, you know, you talk about executing, um, a, you know, a process or a plan for, for, for delegating stuff. Um, you know, in the mindset section, um, you talk about the feeling wheel of adjectives. <laughs> can, you, can you explain to us what that is? Yeah. So the feelings wheel just helps us put words to how we're feeling. Um, and it's really just there as a resource. But the first third of the book is, I think, the most transformational part because it's really where we dig into why we don't want to let go. Right. Um, and, and I really think that one of the big things is we don't know what we want to spend our time on, or we've lost touch with what that is, or we have a bigger vision that, and it scares us. Um, so there's many reasons that we don't even start the delegation process. So that part of the book is a deep dive into some deep stuff within yourself around letting go. Yeah, I mean, you talk about understanding your, you know, your most impactful contribution. Is that because people that delegate work, they, they understand what, you know, what, what they could be doing if they were given the time to be doing it so that they should be not wasting their time doing other stuff that's taken away from their most impactful type of contribution to the organization or their family? Am I, am I explaining that right? Yeah, I think I believe we're all here to make an impact in different ways. Um, And when we are clear on what that is, that's when we should start to delegate. I think what we see a lot of people do is just like throw this, throw that at people, try and clear your plate. You're not really following a process to set anyone up for success. Mm -hmm. The things that you're clearing off your plate you're just refilling that time with other work that doesn't really move the needle or increase the impact that you're here to make. So I always want us to start with what are we here to do? What do we want to be spending our time on? And then from there, look at how to use delegation to get there. Yeah. It's such, you know, you, you always hear the phrase that of a, you know, do what you do best and delegate the rest, you know, and, um, um, and I, I could not agree with you more about doing that. I just see too many people, you know, I, I, I come across, I'm a CPA, uh, if you haven't figured it out by this look here and, um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many, you know, clients that we have that, you know, still do their own payroll, for example, you know, like stuff yeah. like that, you know, you think like that is, you know, you're, you're spending all these hours a week doing something that's not even in your wheelhouse. You know what I mean? It's, it's just your you know, cause you're trying to save a few bucks when you could be making so much more money 
focusing on your business, you know, or growing it or selling it or talking to customers and letting somebody delegate the payroll work to somebody else. You know what I mean? That was like the first thing I got rid of 15 years ago when I started my business was invoicing and bookkeeping. I did hang on to payroll because it was like a little bit gratifying to write the checks and like <laughs> know that I was like creating jobs. I get that. I get that. <laughs> But you know, it's funny, it's funny you talk about like gratifying, like there are, you know, we do want to delegate and be fully you know, worthwhile. And all. There are some things like, um, you know, like when, when I lived, when we, had, we had a house, we now live in the city, um, but we had a house like, you know, I could hire a landscaper to mow our lawn every week, but there was something just satisfying just doing it. Do you know what I mean? There is something to be said for that. And there's tremendous value in that. I think you just have to find the balance of like, Am I like holding myself back because, you know, I, I'm comfortable here or I am like really scared of trying to go after this big thing that I've this idea that I have. So it's definitely a balance. I mean, I'm not saying like delegate every single piece of your life. I think that that's not the right way to think about it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. There, there are some even you know, manual or menial tasks that are um, satisfying to do and, and therapeutic, you know, so there's, you know, we, we shouldn't be delegating absolutely everything, but you know, some people don't delegate well, um, you know, people that, you know, I'm sure many of your clients, cause you wrote about this sabotage themselves. Why do people self-sabotage? So there's so many reasons. Um, there's so much to do with just our backstory of our family heritage, um, things we went through as as children in the book, when we talk about Tom, you know, he came from a family owned business and he was just like sort of there putting out fires and his dad was in charge. And then suddenly his dad was gone and he had like never thought about his vision. And he felt in the book, the, the fable of Tom, he felt really like anxious that his father was judging him for getting an assistant. He wasn't working as hard as he should. Like that whole mindset of that generation onto our generation is part of it. So sure. Interesting. Yeah. So it builds up and, and because of that, it, 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 you know, it causes people to you know, limit themselves and what, what they can be doing. They, you know, they, it's, it's like ingrained in what they've learned. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, you talk about delegation being a, a shifting of your, your energy, you know, um, you call it an energy management system. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yes. We just got that trademarked actually, because cool. <laughs> I think it's such an interesting concept. Like I believe that as leaders, the number one thing we have to protect is our energy. Mm. And so delegation is what helps us do that. So if we can reframe our thinking from like, I know I need to delegate. I suck at delegating. I, I, but I really need to figure this out. And instead just be like, I want to find ways to manage my energy. And this is a tool that helps me do that. Mm. What do you say to people that are, um, you know, that, that, that can accuse people that delegate a lot of just avoiding work (laughs) because that happens. My partner accuses me of that all the time. He's always like, <laughs> stop delegating. To yeah, me. <laughs> you're delegating. You just don't want to do it, you know, but you're not delegating the responsibility or the outcome, correct? You're de- yes. You're, I mean, typically when you're delegating, you are delegating the outcome. So you always want to 
delegate the end result. So what does success look like when this task or project is completed? Um, but I forget what your original question was. Just like, what do you say to people that say like, Hey, you're just avoiding work, you know, uh, by delegating, like, you're just, you're just lazy, you know, like Emily, like, you know, you're just telling everybody else what to do and you're just sitting there watching Netflix all day. You know what I mean? Well, How I do you know respond to that? <laughs> I would probably have the same reaction as most people. I think <clears throat> if you're freeing up the time to move the needle on something, but like freeing up the time to watch Netflix all day. I don't know in a work setting, that seems a little ridiculous, but yeah, I, I just feel like um, with, with delegation, a lot of times people are just, they're, they're afraid to give up tasks because they don't think that somebody else can do it as well as them. Um, and then that inhibits them. And that's part of self-sabotaging, isn't it? hundred percent. I think, you know, that's the fallback reason. That's like the number one reason people don't let go. But at the end of the day, like time is finite. We all only have the same amount of time. So if, if all of that time is being spent doing work that others can do, like what impact are you making? Right. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So you laid the groundwork. You talk about sort of the, the whole mindset for being a delegator. You have to decide yourself that, you know, what your impactful contribution is so that you're focused on that and really delegating things that are taking you away from that, um, avoiding the things that, that cause you to sabotage yourself. Um, you consider delegation as, as it's, it's, if you don't delegate, you're sapping your energy. You know, you're, you're really, it's an energy management system. It's a way to push you to conserve your energy by other people doing tasks that take away energy from you. So, you set that mind mindset up and then you move towards the techniques of delegation, right? You start with talking about leaders, discipline leaders, you know, the ones that are, that, that, that are really good at this. And you talk about the three behaviors of a discipline leader. Um, they respect systems and assign seats. They're willing to be held accountable um, and they temper themselves. So <laughs> let, let, let me just ask you a couple of questions about that. What do you mean by respecting systems and assigning seats? And assign and assign seats. So respecting systems is, I mean, again, my group that I work with is entrepreneurs. And so they're notorious for changing their minds and changing direction and pursuing shiny objects. And it can really take the whole team off course. Um, and I think one of the points that I mentioned in the book, that's probably relevant to your question is, um, like as leaders, we're operating and leading in a space of um, ideation mm -hmm. and our teams are likely in a state of execution. Mm. And so if we're like barfing our ideas all over them, right? All they're hearing is like, oh my God, I got to do this. And there's so much to do to get that done, but I'm already supposed to be working on this. And it creates this friction in your organization of like, they don't understand like how busy we are. And so it can make it can create just this really toxic way of working with your team. Hmm. So how, how do you, how do you fix that? So you commit to following the established plan. So like, for example, at my company, we run on EOS. It's the entrepreneur's operating system um, for the business. And we set our quarterly rocks. We have hmm. an annual plan. We have a three-year plan. We follow what we've committed to mm -hmm. not to say like we can't adjust because I, Trust me, I, for me, it's like a quarter is like a year. Right. It's, just, it's like that fast. Huh. Right? So I think just agreeing on what the priorities are, 
seeing them through, completing them each quarter and just keep moving. And you can certainly introduce other things, but have a plan and, and be disciplined enough to stick to what you committed to. What is the freedom analysis exercise? Could you explain that? Yeah. So in the book, we talk about delegation as a mix of discipline, art, and science. And the art discipline is sort of what we just talked about. The art is really about what we're going to delegate. So the freedom analysis is an exercise that you can use um, to examine your time. And we have you put your time into four buckets. Things we always start at the top, things you love doing, most impactful contribution. What do you want to spend your time on? Then we go down to the bottom right and we talk about what are the things you're doing that drain your energy? Mm-hmm. You don't like them. You're not good at them. Then we move over to the left bottom and we say things you're doing that you're okay at, but you don't really like. And then we move up to the top right and we look at your time of things you're really good at and you like doing, <clears throat> but it's not your most impactful contribution. Mm-hmm. And that is really the trickiest part of the exercise because you typically love doing that stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Okay. <clears throat> so you typically like doing that stuff. And what can happen is you can get really comfortable there. Um, so we recommend if you're, if you're looking at that quadrant of the exercise, what are things you're doing up there that are repeating? What are things that you're doing that others could do? And that's really the hardest one to let go of because sometimes like our self-worth is attached to those types of activities. What do you do about that? I mean, like, say you see, you know, you, you do come up with a list of things. These are things that others others could be doing, but they're just, they're not going to be doing it as well as me, or I just don't trust others to do it. How do you, how do you get over that? So I would first start with, is it repeatable? So are you doing it more than once? And so for me, I found something in that quadrant that was a pretty transformational thing. So for years, um, I was kicking off our clients. So they would come on board. I would handle the kickoff call, introduce them to the team, help with the delegation strategy, set them on their way. Well, I found I'm doing this over and over again. And I found like, but I'm like the delegation person. Like I need to be doing this. I'm representing the company, you know, all the stories we tell ourselves, but I realized like, actually this is a process. And so I had um, one of my key team members shadow me. We wrote the process. I shadowed her, we tweaked the process. Now we have like six or seven people that launch accounts since then. So I haven't launched an account in years, but that was one of the things that I was personally connected to and thought like, well, this is what I'm here to do. And actually, no, it was like, I was there to maybe build it and then kind of release it. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And I guess everybody has got their um, their levels of trust and their levels of patience and, you know, that they're going to put into doing something like that, you know, um, to me, it's, I, I always think to myself, like, you know, I'm going to delegate this person to work on this client project or deal with this issue. And I, and for me, it's always like, what, what's the worst that can happen? You know, like, <laughs> like how bad could this person fuck this up? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and if it's, if it's within like this, this sort of, you know, level of like, I can, I can deal with that. You know what I mean? You know, the chance of the worst case scenario. Yeah. The chance of the worst case scenario is is pretty remote. So it's, you know, it's not going to be a disaster, but you know, maybe it won't be as good as me, but how else is that person going to learn so that you can move on and do the stuff that you want to do? Right. Exactly. And like, they're probably 
I mean, I don't want to make this broad of an assumption, but in a lot of cases, they're really excited. Yeah. Like grow and develop and like you believing in them or taking a chance on them is, you know, speaks volumes from a leadership standpoint. And also, you know, your you, the, the whole theme of delegation now has like a whole new meeting because of COVID and work from home and remote working. And, you know, you've got a whole, you know, generation of workers, both, you know, millennials and Gen Zers that, you know, they want more independence and flexibility. And, um, and to do that, you're going to have to let go if you're a business owner and, and let them do their thing, you know? Um, and, and the other thing this ties into, which I also found interesting is, is the whole four day work week, you know, you know, you know, narrative that's been going on right now. And again, that's also, you're delegating work to your people and you're saying like, listen, I don't care if you get this done in four days or eight days, if you can get it done in four days, go for it. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, we have that model at our company. We do um, flex PTO. So, you know, the team has a utilization goal they have to hit. They have to be responsive during business hours, but we're 100% remote. So you got to go to the doctor, go to your kid's school. Like, we don't care as long as you're meeting like just the foundational because we've been remote for 15 years. Like that's, we went into the pandemic facing the challenge of it's almost all moms that work for me. So kids home and all that drama. So that was a whole other thing for us to navigate. It's funny. Yours and my businesses are similar. I mean, even I'm a CPA, we, we primarily sell CRM systems, you know, customer relationship management systems. And I said earlier, like we have, you know, we're based in Valley Kinwood. We're really not at a post office box in Valley Kinwood. Right. And you know, I've got like 10 employees and like a dozen contractors and everybody is virtual um, mm-hmm. all, you know, all over the place, mostly in like the Philly area. Um, but, and like you, and we've, I think I got you beat by a couple of years. We started doing that in 2005. Oh, uh, one year. Well, I was seven. Yeah. Two yeah years. You're in seven. So, you know, so it's been, it, that's a whole other conversation because it's a, uh, a cultural issue and, uh, you know, uh, you know, we never see each other face to face, you know, you know, unless we really push it. So there's, there's a lot of challenges for doing that. Back to delegation. Um, you give the five golden, I mean, to me, I know you've got a whole section on execution and we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, but I, I really want to, I want to talk about, you know, I found this five golden rules of successful delegation, like the core of this book, you know, like this is what you really need to know to be successful at delegating work from a person who, who, who is an expert at delegating work, you know, and, and teaching entrepreneurs how to do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a couple of these rules. And I want you to expand on them. Okay. Um, one of them, you say the very first one is about delegating the end result. So expand on that. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So we touched on it just a little bit earlier, but it has to do with what does success look like when this is completed? <clears throat> because we're all different and we're all going to tackle problems and projects differently. So rather than sit there and recite, you know, every single thing that you think they need to do, like this has to be true. This has to be true. This has to be true. And then when those things are true, it's completed. Um, And within that framework, we have actually on the website, a delegation template that people can download just to be able to fill it in so that it'll help with your success. But who's doing what by when, how long it should take what things have to be true when this is done. I like that. And also, I also like the fact that it's a, um, 
Yeah, and I'm maybe just because I'm so, so not a micromanager. I'm always like, this is what we need to make sure is being done. However, you want to do it, go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're a professional, so you can follow these guidelines, but you know, just that that's your job to do. Um, I'm jumping around a little bit on these five golden rules, but you, you say to get comfortable with 80%. What does that mean? So it means a lot of different things. Um, to start with, it means can someone do this 80% as well as I can? And is that good enough? To okay. your point, right? Good. Sure. Um, another way to think about it is if, if I, you know, I probably only have to do 20% of this project and the rest 80% of it can be done with someone out by someone else. So uh, like sort of rethinking one big project into smaller chunks um, that you have to do. Um, and then, you know, one thing I like to do is have people start things for me. So like if they can get it 80% of the way, I only have to come in and do my last 20%. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, it's funny. I um, Jeff Bezos has always said famously that um, at Amazon, they, you know, they make decisions based on 70% of the information. You know, in other words, like if you've got 70% of the information, that's enough for him to mm -hmm. make a decision to go, which is close to, you know, 80%. So, you know, it's, you know, I think that's such a, people that resist delegating and this goes back to self-sabotaging they they want everything to be like a hundred percent we live in such an imperfect world you know <laughs> that your comment of saying like listen if this person can if i'm confident this person can do at least 80 percent of of how i would do it that's a pretty damn good start do you know what i mean that you can build on right um exactly. and that shouldn't stop they shouldn't hold you back from delegating is that does that make sense exactly i think like is it good enough to just get it out there? You know, is it good enough? Yeah, it's, um, you know, and again, listen, I mean, there's so much in, in our world where having that, you know, is it good enough attitude is the right attitude to have because you got to move things forward. You got to get stuff done. It's not a great attitude to have, say, like if you're building an airplane. Or you you're know? you know. <laughs> there's certain people that I'm like, I, I want to make sure they do their work 100%. <laughs> exactly. Um, yes. Please but use it is, that with caution. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. But then, you know, so, you know, and, and you know, as you know, I mean, as, as an engineer, you know, people that you've dealt with in the engineering world, you know, there's certain things that should be done 100%. But um, I, I think having that attitude is really important. One other of the five golden rules, and by the way, guys, you can read all the five golden rules in Emily's book. But one other one I just want you to comment on quickly, Emily, is um, you said commit to the boring stuff. What do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, this is a tricky one. So, um, <laughs> The boring stuff makes up such a large part of our businesses. And typically as leaders, especially as we start to delegate more and more, it's like, we just kind of want to write that off and forget that those things still need to be happening. So it's actually a better way to probably phrase it is like, commit to the administrative work that still needs to happen in your company. Um, and, and as a leader, sort of like make sure that the team doing that work is supported. Right, that makes sense. You know, throughout this book, you talk about freedom. You know, I mean, it's you, you do your freedom analysis exercise and by delegating your you're freeing up your time to do stuff that is that, you know, that is is more towards what your impactful contribution should be. It's all you know, it, it's about that. Um, and you have in the last section of this book, like executing this, um, you know, a, a delegate freedom system, you know, to delegate. 
And, um, and you, you, you have five steps for, for putting this, this system together. You focus, you evaluate, you prioritize, you then hand it off, and then you get feedback. And I was wondering, you know, can you, can you just, can you run through those five steps? Like, just give me an example of if you're going to delegate, let's talk about Tom. If you're going to delegate something, um, how would you use those five steps in, in real life? Yeah. I mean, in all my work with delegation, I found that there really wasn't a system out there that was like simple five-step system to follow, to think about how to do this. So yeah. we, we created it or I created this. Um, so if you take Tom, like step one is focus. So getting back in touch with what he wants to spend his time on, always starting with that, like almost like a ritual in the beginning of the week or the beginning of your morning, whatever, just getting in touch with that, visualizing it, um, I do a lot of work with meditation personally. So, you know, finding ways to stay connected to that. So now we have a great frame of mind. Then we go into evaluate and right. in evaluate, we're looking back over how we spent our time the last week. We're thinking about things that weren't the best use of our time, sort of using it as a learning exercise for the future. And then we move to prioritize. So in this phase, we're talking about okay, we know what we want to spend our time on. We know what we shouldn't have been spending our time on. Now let's figure out what is the strategy for the week of our time and mm -hmm. really building towards our goals and priorities, thinking about delegations within some of those, like we were talking about the 80% there. Um, and then we move into the handoff phase, which is how I'm, how I'm delegating it to my assistant sure. um, and following the best practices. And then feedback I left as its own step because that's how we continually get better and better and better at this is like building feedback around delegation into a weekly meeting. So not just you giving feedback, but you asking for feedback. How could I have delegated this better? What can we do better next time? And all of this kind of builds into creating that sort of culture in your company of delegation. Is that right? Yeah. So that's the whole end of the book is, okay, now that you've mastered this or you've embraced this mindset, how can you take this mindset and cascade it through the company and through your team? And I believe that if your team is elevated, they're doing work they love, they feel like they're making an impact, they have the freedom to delegate. That's a retention strategy and sure. something we're all trying to figure out right now. All right, Emily. So you wrote this book. I, I have to ask, it's a book about delegation. So what did you delegate in the writing of this book? That's a great question. So um, a lot. Um, I did not delegate the writing or the sort of concepts, the thought leadership. Okay. I did delegate um, asking my team to collect client stories that I sort of wove together with Tom. Good. I delegated. Um, the graphics in here and the management of working with our designer. I delegated the process of working with the publisher and yep. all of that. Um, the editing, the copy editing, all of that. So interesting that you didn't delegate, like you you physically wrote this book. Like you did not have a ghost writer. Um, why didn't you delegate the writing of this? I mean, like you're not, you know, don't think this wrong, you're not like a professional writer. It's not like you're you know authored a dozen books or whatever. And um, so no one's saying that like you're an expert, right? You're an expert at what you do. Um, did you think about maybe bringing on a, a, a ghostwriter or, um, or, or was it just something you were always just going to do on your own? 
So true story. I went to Penn and I have an English degree. Mm-hmm. Ah, and- okay. got some reading <laughs> background. Okay. Now I get like, it. I'm always like, how am I ever using my degree? Now I can finally say I used my degree. <laughs> I That's great. That's great. And you know, it's funny that you say that because it's, you know, okay. So there you've got some training in writing. So that's, you know, that, and now you, you were probably looking forward to putting that to use. So yeah. that makes sense. Okay. What about like, in your life, if is there anything in your life that you wish you could delegate, but you just you, you can't do it? Personal life? Personal professional. Oh my god, there's so much I delegate. Um <laughs> this is your partner. Too much. <laughs> exactly. Too much. But is yeah. there anything that you, you know, that you're, you know, you would love to delegate this, but you just, you can't bring yourself to do it. Hmm. <laughs> um, I really need to reflect on that. I mean, yeah. that's a really good question. I delegate so much. Um, I think like one of the things I'm looking at is, um, you know, speaking. So, um, the travel and all that required, I'm not like game for that, but there's members of my team who are So trying to figure out, I do have one team member that teaches our e-course and that's been really successful, but, you know, trying to take our content more on the road is something I would love to delegate is like speakers, you know, or something like that, that can deliver our content. See, and for me, it's, you know, the, you know, I do a bunch of writing in a bunch of different places and I have somebody, I have a, a, a young woman, she's like a junior at Temple uh, as a journalism student. She helps me with my research and all that. So that's really good. You know, yeah. but I, I can't delegate to her to write my stuff because yeah. like my stuff's got to be in my voice. Do you know what I mean? And I wish I could, I really wish I could delegate like here it is and here's the outline, go and write that, you know, for me. Um, but I, I find that something I just can't, I can't delegate. Final question. Um, is there anybody in your life? And again, this is anybody you might know personally or professionally, or, uh, just, you know, anybody that, um, you would consider to be like a great delegator, like, man, this person really knows how to, you know, do it. Cause I I've got some, I've got somebody in mind and, and, uh, I'm curious, like a pretty famous person, but you, I'm, I'll tell you mine while you think yeah. of yours. Okay. Um, mine has got to be Elon Musk. And I got to tell you why, because Emily, like this guy, he's got these companies, he's doing SpaceX, he's drilling holes between San Francisco and LA or whatever, like the, the, the boring company, you know, for transportation. He's got like the Neuralink, you know, he's got Tesla, you know, with, with just battery and self-driving cars. Now he's thinking of buying Twitter. And I think to myself, how the how the fuck does that guy do all of that? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like any one person would take a hundred hours a week to like, just do one of those companies. And I think to myself, he has got to be the world's greatest delegator. Like he, you know, he has got to like, somehow he has hired people, CEOs of these individual companies. So he can be back. And like you said, he can have the freedom, right. To think his big thoughts, um, to have them being executed. So I was actually thinking of him when I was reading your book, like, man, this guy is, is you know, <laughs> is, is, real. is there anybody that, that you can think of? It doesn't have to be on that larger scale, but is also just excellent at just delegating stuff. 
Yeah, I would say less about an individual and more just about the concept of people who are really good at it. Mm. Um, one of the things that one of my business coaches taught me was a lot of the times, like your value is in going outside and staring at trees and thinking about shit. Mm. So like, yeah, I, would, I don't know Elon Musk's schedule, but you know, I would think that a lot of what he does is just thinking. Yeah. And so it's about valuing. I say this in the book, it's about valuing the thoughts that we have over the tasks that we do um, and really shifting our mindset there. It's so true because the, the true leaders of this world, like you think it would go back to like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and, you know, Warren Buffett and people that are just, you know, the fact they're big thinkers and they've had to have had um, good experience in delegating all the nonsense that we all have to do so that they can spend time thinking about the future. And mm -hmm. I, I think you're absolutely right. That to me is, is probably one of the most, for a lot of business owners and leaders, their biggest impactful contribution is thinking about their business and where it's going. Um, and and like being okay with that as a leader, like embracing that and respecting that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. There, there is, there's nothing. And sometimes people feel like they have to be busy doing tasks uh, to, to prove their value. And, um, and that's the, you, we should be okay. Like you said, with, with, you know, not doing tasks all the time and thinking ahead. So the book is called Let It Go, How to Finally Master Delegation and Scale Freedom Across Your Organization. Uh, the author, uh, Emily Morgan, Emily, I mean, it was just a great book. It was a great lesson. And somebody who, like myself as a business owner who's always looking for help in managing my time and being productive and uh, making the most of other people's time, I just found it to be a really good read. So thank you for writing it. I hope you do more of these types of books. It was really helpful. Um, we should also uh, also say it's letitgodelegatebook.com or info.delegatesolutions.com. And you can find the book on your site there as well. So again, Emily, thank you so much for joining me. This is a great conversation. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Yep. Enjoy and uh, best of success with the book. Uh, thanks everybody for watching and listening. You have been watching and listening to Biz Books. My name is Gene Marks. We'll be back in two weeks with another successful author writing a great business book that I hope will help you in your business. Take care.